welcome to the sermon podcast for Ashburn Baptist Church, Chicago. We pray the message you are about to hear is a blessing and an encouragement to your life. Hey, if you're here to see Briggs, you got to pray for him. He is a straight rebel and didn't sleep all night, and so he didn't make it this morning. I miss him already. I, I don't know if you're wondering, but I'm still learning how to do this whole dad thing. Like, I'm still learning. For instance, this week, something happened. <coughs> so he... He's sleeping in our room in a bassinet near our bed, and my alarm went off at 7 a.m., and I was trying to panic because he had just fallen asleep, so I'm reaching for my phone to turn it off, and if you've ever reached for your phone to turn it off and spam the power button, you know what happens on an iPhone, right? It SOSs, and so it starts going, and it's like giving you a countdown, three, two, I don't know what's going to happen. Is my phone going to blow up? What's happening? Well, as soon as it hits zero, the whole time I'm just taking screenshots because I'm hitting every button on my phone trying to get it to stop, and it calls 911. At 7 a.m., I called 911. I was like, listen, I can't sleep. That's the problem. It's an emergency. So I'm still really learning how to do this whole dad thing. I'm not, I'm not doing great, but I'm not doing terrible. I'm finding myself right there in the middle. Karen Briggs are both doing really well, though, and I am so overjoyed and grateful for all of your prayers and encouragement towards us over these past couple weeks. Today, I'm here to give you some bad advice. Everybody say, uh-oh, uh-oh, some bad advice. Last week, I gave you some bad advice. I told you how you could ruin your life. This week, I'm going to give you some more bad advice. This week, I'm going to tell you how you can live miserably. Like today, I've come to tell you how you can be miserable for the rest of your life because I believe that our misery is determined by our identity. Our misery is determined by our identity because when our true identity is found, it's one of the most liberating moments in all of our lifetime. But if we never find our true identity, we will live miserably for our lifetime. So I have a question. How do you perceive yourself? What do you think your identity is? When you try to describe who you are and what you stand for, what do you come up with? A few years ago, Karen and I went out to eat with the Bailey family. By the way, I'm so grateful for the Baileys. You guys are one of our favorite families in the world. And I don't know if you guys remember this, but we went to Blaze Pizza after church on a Sunday, I believe. And when we were waiting in line, it was a really long line. Luke told me about this family tradition where you gave a fake name, Luke. He said, you've got to give a fake name. And it was a pretty long line, so I had a long time to come up with my fake name, who I wanted my pizza box to say. John and I started talking as we made our way through this line. Before we knew it, we were up at the front. I got to the first lady, and she said, what's your name? And in a panic, I couldn't think of any other name but my own. That's the only name I could think of. And so I just said, Josh. And she wrote Josh on the piece of paper, and Luke was severely disappointed in me that day. But that's kind of who I've been my whole life, Luke. I've been that guy who just like when I go to a conference or I go to an event and they hand me a name tag to write my own name down, that's the name I write. Like I just write Josh. I want everybody to know who I really am because that's my identity. That's part of who I am. And your name is part of who you are as well. Your, rep, your name represents you, but you are strapped to the front of your chest because a name. You're more than just a few letters on a piece of paper slapped to the front of your chest because each one of us have an identity. And on a small, tiny little card like this, it's nearly impossible for us to identify everything that we are. But today, I'd like to try. Today, I'd like to discover and determine exactly who we are because if we can determine and discover our true identity, 
we're going to find real freedom. In Joshua chapter 2, we find the story of a woman, and her name was Rahab. Her identity is in the balance. We only get a few words into the story before we discover what other people think about Rahab. It's pretty clear. They know Rahab by her faults. And if you want to be miserable for the rest of your life, if you want to be miserable, focus in on that. Identify yourself by your faults. Make sure everybody knows you are your mistakes. Joshua, the Israelite captain, sends spies into Canaan from Shittim, which still feels so awkward to say when you're preaching. He sends spies from Canaan into Shittim, which still feels wrong, but here's what it says in verse 1. Joshua, the son of Nun, sent two men secretly from Shittim as spies, saying, go view the land, especially Jericho. Right off the bat, Rahab has another identity. She has another label, if you will. She's the enemy. She's part of the problem. They were at war and they were about to be in battle. And Joshua says, go into enemy territory to the land of the Canaanites. And there they found this woman named Rahab, a person considered by all of the Jews to be the enemy. That was her label. They were going to war. This was a person whom they hated. This was a person whom they avoided. This was the enemy. But not only is she a Canaanite enemy, she's also described as a whore. A whore. Check out the rest of the verse. Joshua, the son of Nun, sent two spies secretly from Shittim, his spies, saying, go view the land, especially Jericho. When they came, they came to the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab. And they lodged there. So not only is Rahab viewed as the enemy, now Rahab is also viewed as the whore. In fact, all throughout her story, that's her title. Rahab the harlot. Rahab the whore. Rahab the one who's easy. Not only is she the enemy, not only is she a whore, she's also a problem. She's a problem. See, as soon as she shows up to the, the land of this place, as soon as the spies walk into the gate, they're, they're found to be in the city. In a panic, they begin searching for these spies, and it doesn't take them long to arrive to the place of Rahab. Here's what the Bible says in verse 2. And that was, as it was told to the king of Jericho, behold, men of Israel have come to this place to search out the land. The king of Jericho sent to Rahab saying, bring out the men who've come to you, who've entered into your house, for they've come to search out the whole land. So the spies find refuge in Rahab's house. Safety from the enemies in Jericho, and the king finds out they're there and immediately sends representatives to Rahab's house, saying, where are the spies? So not only is she hated by the enemy, she's not trusted by her own people. Rahab the enemy... Rahab the whore, Rahab the problem. Not only is she those, add to it liar. Because when the army asks Rahab to give up those men to her, here's her response in verse 4. The woman had taken two men and hidden them. And she said, true, the men came to me, but I didn't know where they were, where they were from. And when the gate was about to be closed at dark, the men went out. I don't know where the men went. Pursue them quickly. Box of flax. And she made them laid in order on the roof. 
She lies to the men. Rahab the enemy, Rahab the whore, Rahab the problem, Rahab the liar. She's been labeled. And some of us here feel Rahab's heartache because we too have been labeled. You've been labeled by people close to you. You've been labeled by your enemies. And some of the labels are accurate. Some of the labels are true. Some of the labels are not true, but they all hurt. We're known because of our struggle. We're known because of our failure. We've been labeled too. Maybe you're sitting in this place today and you've been labeled a failure. Maybe you've been labeled a failure and try as hard as you can, doing as much as you can do in this life. Everything seems to go wrong. When you were in school, you struggled. Now that you have a full-time job, you struggle there too. You're just trying to figure out how to make ends meet and everything seems to go wrong no matter what you do. You struggle in your social skills and people are starting to notice. People have labeled you a failure. Everything you touch goes wrong. Maybe you're here and you've been labeled an outcast. You really don't have a ton of friends. And the people that you even consider your friends aren't really that close to you. You try to get closer to people, but the closer you get, the more walls you throw up. And now you've distanced yourself from everybody in your life, including the people that are supposed to be the closest to you. People have noticed. As a result, you've been labeled outcast, different. Maybe you're here and your label says jerk. There was one moment, one time in your life where you said one thing to that one person, and now you're known as that person. You're known as the jerk who said that one thing they shouldn't have said, and now to all of this group of people, you're labeled as the jerk that doesn't really care. In your heart, you hope it's not true, but everybody sees you as just that, a jerk. Maybe you are kind of close to Rahab's story because you two have been labeled easy. You made one mistake at that one party and now here you are years later in your life and you're still known as the one who's easy. The one anybody can get with. The one that makes mistakes consistently. Maybe you've labeled yourself as ugly. You wake up and you hate the person that you see in the mirror. You wish that you could change the way that you appear. You wish that you could change your body and you're ashamed of the person that you've become. Maybe you're here and you've labeled yourself as disappointment because you're not the spouse that your spouse wishes you were. You're not the parent that you think your kids need. You're never considered for the promotion. You're never considered for the spot because everything that you do is a disaster. Anything you touch blows up. You've been labeled. Maybe your label says arrogant. Maybe it says emotional. Maybe it says lazy. I don't know what your label is. But you wear it everywhere you go. Now, not only do people think that you're that person, you also think that you're that person. Because so many have called you by your label. I know that pain. I know that heartache. I know that struggle. There were moments through my early childhood into high school and even college where I was labeled by people around me. My sophomore year of high school, I cheated on a test. 
And so for the last three years of my high school career to that one teacher, I was known as a cheater. That was my label. Didn't matter how hard I tried to not be a cheater. Didn't matter how hard I studied to that teacher, I was a cheater. There was another time I was in a social setting with a group of friends and I said one thing to one person that I regret one time. For the rest of those days, I was a jerk to that person, to that person's group of friends. Some of the labels that I got were true. Some of the labels that I got were not true. One of the labels that I can still remember, but I've chosen to forgive, came from probably the person closest to me in all of my life. We have an incredible relationship. You actually get to meet him next week. My dad's going to be preaching here. Me and my dad have an incredible relationship. He's one of the closest people in my life. We talk consistently. I look up to him greatly. But in high school, I, I had a struggling relationship with my mom and dad. I don't remember the exact fight. Me and my mom got into it. And my dad kind of stepped in between. And then me and my dad started arguing. And in that conversation... We both said some things that we regret, but I still kind of remember what my dad said. He kind of got frustrated with me, and you could tell, and finally he came to a place where he just said, you know what? Do whatever you want to do. I have your brother and sister to raise. Maybe I can get them right. <sighs> Labeled. Screw up. That was me. For the next several years of my life, I did everything I could to not be labeled a screw-up. I worked as hard as I could to be successful. Everything I did, I strived to be a better person, a better athlete, a better student, a better preacher, a better whatever I was doing. And do you know what's crazy? I wasn't satisfied by my successful identity either. And so listen today, if you want to live a miserable life, don't just label yourself by your failures. Label yourself by your successes too. If you want to be miserable, label yourself by even the good things that you do. I want you to see what I mean. Rahab helps these Israeli men. She helps them escape. She literally saves their life. Rahab should be hailed as the hero. She should be the story of success. These spies leave Jericho. They return to Joshua and they tell Joshua everything that they found in the city. Joshua gets the people all hyped up. He had a plan given to him by God himself. They were gonna go to Jericho and they were gonna march around the walls of Jericho. And then after they marched around a certain number of times, those walls were going to fall down and they would see victory. Here's what it says in verse 17. And the city and all that's within it shall be devoted to the Lord for destruction. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall live. She's the one who hid the messengers whom we sent. Did you catch it? Even though she literally just saved these two members' lives, even though she's just given the victory to the enemy, they still viewed her as Rahab prostitute even in her success she couldn't outlive her failure Hebrews even mentions Rahab's good deed in Hebrews 11 we find men and women of extreme faith you find people like Abraham and Gideon and others in that chapter you also find 
Rahab. Look at verse 31. By faith, Rahab the prostitute. She didn't perish with all those who were disobedient because she'd given a friendly welcome to the spies. Like, even in the hall of faith, she's still labeled as Rahab the prostitute. Now don't miss this. Try as hard as you can. Be the best co-worker you can be. Be the best spouse you can be. Be the best parent that you can be. Do everything that you can to be as successful as you can be, the best that you can be, the hardest worker that you can be, and guess what? People will still label you by your faults. And even in the most successful moments of your life, you'll still be miserable. Because you, you can't escape the labels that have been given to you. That's what happened to Rahab. That's what happened to me. That's what happened to you too. And I get it. Some of Rahab's labels were warranted, but some of them were not. Some of those labels she slapped on herself, others slapped on for her. But listen, Ashburn, her struggles demoralized her, but they did not define her. Her success did not define her either. They were not her identity. She was not miserable because she found her identity in her Savior. And her Savior alone. And today, if you don't want to be miserable, then I have some good advice for you. Identify yourself by your Savior. I want you to see this today. We don't really read about Rahab anywhere else in the Bible other than Joshua 2 to 6 and Hebrews 11. Well, except for maybe one of the most boring portions of Scripture in all of the Bible. The portion that we often skip over because it's filled with tons of long names that you don't even know how to pronounce. It's so repetitive and almost so mundane that you skip down until it's over. It's called a genealogy. Maybe you've seen them. They usually go like Abraham beget Isaac and Isaac beget on and on and on and so forth. I want to show you an example. Perhaps the most powerful and important genealogy is the genealogy of Jesus, our Savior. We find it in Matthew chapter 1. Let's read through some of it so that you get the idea. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, and Judah the father of Perez, and Zerubbabel Tamar, and Perez the father of Hezron, and Hezron the father of Ram, and Ram the father of Amminadab, and Amminadab the father of Nashon, and Nashon the father of Salmon, and Salmon the father of Boaz by Rahab. Not Rahab the prostitute. Not Rahab the enemy, not Rahab the liar, not Rahab the problem, just Rahab, member of the family of Jesus Christ, the Jesus who died on this earth so that every label placed upon us could be ripped off. Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus, the one who reigns supreme. Jesus, the one who sees the labels that have been placed on us and rips them off, calling us his own. 
Today I want you to know that the same Jesus who came for Rahab is the same Jesus who came, came for us. And if we place our faith in him, he removes all labels and gives us some labels that we can hold on to. See, the world might see enemy, but Jesus sees friend. The world might see whore, but Jesus sees forgiven. The world might see a problem, but Jesus sees loved. The world might see a liar, but Jesus sees worthy. The world might see a failure, but Jesus sees accepted. The world might see an outcast, but Jesus sees family. The world might see a jerk, but Jesus says he's made new. The world might see easy, but Jesus sees valuable. The world might see ugly, but Jesus sees created in his image. The world might see disappointment, but Jesus sees victorious. The world might see arrogant, but Jesus sees called. The world might see emotional, but Jesus sees chosen. The world might see lazy, but God sees designed for good works. The world might see Josh, but Jesus sees Christian. And today I want you to know that any label that's been fairly or unfairly placed on you can be removed by a loving Savior who accepts you exactly how you are. You are loved. You are chosen. You are accepted by a God who values you so much that he gave up his perfect life. grade school in an art class maybe you had to do the same one of the projects was to do a self-portrait is there anybody in here that's not an artist like me like I'm bad bad so when they said take that little mirror and that piece of paper and pencils and draw yourself I hated the person that was drawn on that piece of paper how I saw myself and how I could correctly draw myself was nowhere near what I wanted to be. Like my ears were disproportionate, my nose was humongous, my smile was crooked, my eyes were so spread apart. I hated the person that I saw on that piece of paper. Isn't that how we feel sometimes in our own life? to identify ourselves like I did at the beginning of this message and you start putting together words of a person that as you place it together you're not a big fan of. You're trying to do your life the best you can but the words you're writing down on your paper aren't putting together a picture that's very pretty to you. Today I want you to know and be encouraged because we serve a God who is the artist of artists. A God who spoke everything in this world into motion in seven short days. Every piece of beauty, every mountain, every sea, handcrafted by a loving God. At the every end of every creation, he says it's good. But his final creation was, was his crowning achievement. As he took some clay and molded into it a human and then breathed life. And he says it's very identity can be found in him. Today, maybe you've never placed your faith in Jesus. The Bible says, 
whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. God loved you so much that he sent his only son to die on the cross that whoever believes will be saved today. Let today be the day of your salvation. And if you are saved, but you're still living with some labels, rip those things off. so much for joining us. If you have any prayer requests or questions about your spiritual life, we would love to pray for you. Or if you would just like more information about visiting us in person, please email us at chicago at ashburnbaptist.com or visit our website ashburnbaptist.com slash chicago.